Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's no secret that Americans have long struggled to save for retirement. Now AARP Ohio is lobbying for the creation of a state-backed public-private partnership to help support workers in achieving that goal. What would that look like? Also this morning, October is a busy month for the Hancock Historical Museum, with events including the Halloween Spooktacular and this weekend's Historic Homes Tour. Sarah Sisser will tell us what's happening. And Halloween is full of spooky fun for kids and adults alike, but beware the dangers that are lurking for your pets this time of year. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. So what happens next now that there is no Speaker of the House? Uh, there's a Speaker pro tem, but they they still can't really do anything until they have a new Speaker in place. So that means everything grinds to a halt. Now, the House is actually going to be uh, off for a week, I guess. Um, is it beginning today? Beginning tomorrow? Anyway, it won't be until next middle of next week at the earliest that there will be a vote for a new Speaker of the House, with Kevin McCarthy being ousted in that vote yesterday. But uh, here's the thing. Nobody seems to want that job. It's not like there's a line of people who... And why would you? I mean, uh, right now, it is got to be so incredibly difficult to be Speaker... Uh, Kevin McCarthy, to get the job, had to agree to provisions that allowed for Matt Gates as a single individual to put the motion out there to vacate the speakership, which he did. A lot of people said when Kevin McCarthy agreed to that provision, it was only a matter of time before Matt Gates or somebody else uh, made such a motion. And there were some people... Uh, some of the pundits yesterday were saying they were surprised it has taken this long uh, that he was able to get, hold on to his job for as long as he did before uh, being ousted because of that. So it's not like there's a whole lot of people who are lining up for this job. I thought it was kind of interesting. Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday after the vote tweeted out uh, that uh, the only candidate that she would support uh, to be speaker is Donald Trump. Doesn't have to be a member of the House. It could be you, know, you or I could uh, could run for the job. But again, why would you? Um, Mr. Trump has said he is not interested. I did think it was kind of uh, ironic. I looked at the roll call, roll call vote, and uh, Marjorie Taylor, Taylor Greene actually voted against removing Speaker McCarthy. Um, and yet now she says the only person she'll support is Donald Trump, so we'll see. Um, by the way... Uh, Representative uh, Bob Latta voted for the continuing resolution over the weekend and voted against removing Speaker McCarthy. Uh, We mentioned this yesterday on the live program. I don't think it made it into the podcast, but we uh, reached out uh, the other day to uh, Congressman Latta's office to uh, try and get him on the program to talk more about this whole mess and we were told that he is battling a case of laryngitis. <laughs> so uh, we hope that he is feeling better soon and we'll be able to get him on the program because uh, this has 
accelerated very quickly. It's been a very interesting couple, three days uh, in the House of Representatives. So, But through all of this, what happens when you've got stories like this that dominate the news, there are other items that go virtually unnoticed. And that's what we like to do first thing uh, out of the gate uh, this morning is talk about the other stories most interesting and buzzworthy stories that maybe are flying a little bit under the radar. For example, uh, this is one of those stories that were it a slow news day, this would be um, maybe one of the lead stories that people would be buzzing about. I still think it's interesting. Pope Francis, it says here, is suggesting that the Catholic Church could bless same-sex couples. The Pope was responding to a group of cardinals who wanted clarification from the Vatican on same-sex couples and other issues, the Pope made clear that blessings for same-sex couples should not be confused with marriage ceremonies. Um, The Pope said clergy should treat any request for a blessing with what he called pastoral charity. That was the way he put it. He did add that the Catholic Church would not recognize same-sex marriage which he says the church still considers sinful. But in terms of blessing a same-sex couple, he said that should be approached with pastoral charity. So whatever that means, I guess there's that's uh, somewhat open to interpretation, but an interesting statement uh, that uh, the Pope made the other day. Saw that uh, story jumped out at me immediately on the newswire. That was the first thing that I saw uh, after all of the uh, stuff in Congress. Um, Here's another item that probably is not going to get as much attention as maybe it deserves. The Biden administration is sanctioning more than two dozen Chinese individuals and companies that have ties to the production of fentanyl. Attorney General Merrick Garland yesterday told reporters what he called the global supply chain, which ends with the deaths of Americans, often starts with chemical companies in China. And so they are going after him. They're cracking down. The Justice Department also unsealed indictments charging eight China-based companies and 12 of their employees specifically with crimes related to fentanyl and methamphetamine production. So uh, trying to crack down on the uh, fentanyl uh, problem. How successful that will be, but uh, it's interesting nonetheless. And then there was uh, this story on the news wire, which, again, jumped right out at me first thing uh, this morning. C-3PO's head is going up for auction. (laughs) I kid you not, uh, props from uh, several iconic movies uh, are going up for auction next month, the annual Prop Store live stream auction. It'll be November 9th through the 12th, the... Illuminated droid head from Star Wars is the headline item, no pun intended, and is expected to bring more than a million dollars for C-3PO's head. (laughs) You know, when that's the headline, C-3PO's head up for auction, that that gets gets your attention. Uh, Some of the other items in the auction include a vest and a pair of pants that Leonardo DiCaprio wore. In the movie Titanic, the whip used in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Captain America's shield, Freddy Krueger's metal glove from Nightmare on Elm Street, and Batman's suit. Uh, 
So I'm not sure from which of the Batman movies uh, the suit comes uh, from. It doesn't say, but C-3PO's head. If you've ever wanted to own C-3PO's head, here's your chance. (laughs) I've been saving up forever to buy C-3PO's head. Finally, I get the opportunity. Uh, Did you hear about this? Apparently, in Paris, they have a bed bug problem. It is uh, now to crisis levels, apparently. City officials uh, fearing a recent outbreak of bed bugs could derail the upcoming Olympic Games, just as tens of thousands of tourists are set to descend on the City of Light. The uh, bugs have taken over a number of private residences and even some public spaces. Videos online going going viral showing the uh, tiny creatures uh, crawling on the uh, Paris Metro, at movie theaters, in the city's airports, hotels. Clement Bayune. The transportation minister in France uh, said on Friday he plans to meet with transport operators next week to discuss ways to rid the city of its growing bedbug problem and reassure and protect travelers using public transit. The city's deputy mayor, Emmanuel Grégoire, uh, said over the weekend that the problem is widespread and that no one is safe. No one is safe. Uh, you can catch bed bugs anywhere and bring them home, he said. Uh, and again, hosting the Olympics uh, beginning in July. So the clock is ticking to uh, get rid of the bed bugs. That is not a, I mean, that's not a problem you want anytime, but especially if you're going to have tens of thousands of people from around the world converging on your city. So not good. Um, that goes. Uh, You will notice this later on today. This is important stuff. National Emergency Alert Test will happen at 2.20 this afternoon. It will involve every mobile phone. Your cell phone will go off. Uh, You get an alert on the radio, on television, and it doesn't matter how you're watching television, whether it's from an antenna, whether it's in cable, satellite, um, every communications device will be triggered on this would come from the federal level um every tv radio and cell phone would be interrupted with an emergency message at 2:20 this afternoon it'll last for about a minute uh they say it's uh, similar to an amber alert or uh, warnings that are issued by the national weather service you know when you've got a thunderstorm a tornado or whatever the alert being issued because federal emergency management coordinators need to make sure that the system works and it's still an effective way to uh, inform americans about uh, emergencies of uh, all kind and again this is at the uh, national level if you've ever been in a group of people around a, a group of people in a crowd when one of those amber alerts goes off it's really weird i i had that happen it was at a restaurant one time and uh, an amber alert went out and everyone's phone in the restaurant went off Virtually at the same time. It was crazy. Um, But that's what will happen today. I thought it was kind of interesting. One of the things that uh, people uh, have been talking about, some of the stories uh, leading up to this test this afternoon, um, are how to silence your phone so it doesn't go off. Don't do that. You want it to go off. You want to know that that your phone is going to receive these alerts. Um if there was, in fact, 
a true emergency. That's the point of the test. So don't silence your alarm or uh, turn it off or anything. You want to make sure that your phone uh, will uh, receive this alert. So just want want you to be aware. It's uh, 2.20 this afternoon when all of this will happen. Anyway, there you go. Uh, Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories... A lot of them on this Wednesday morning. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Mostly sunny skies expected today with a high reaching the mid-80s. Partly cloudy tonight, a low in the mid-60s. Two men from Michigan are facing felony drug charges after being pulled over by the Highway Patrol on Interstate 75 in Wood County. During the traffic stop, troopers say they seized 332 grams of heroin, 51 grams of fentanyl, six oxycodone pills, and 120 grams of marijuana. The 35-year-old driver and 31-year-old passenger, both of Detroit, were booked at the Wood County Justice Center and have since been indicted on felony drug charges. Get more on our website. A statewide crackdown on human trafficking resulted in people being arrested, ranging in age from 17 to 84. The Ohio Attorney General saying 160 people were arrested in a human trafficking sting. Some of the people arrested include a former police chief in Mississippi, a nurse, and a sixth grade teacher in Fairfield County. Undercover officers made the arrest in hotel rooms and in the streets. I'm Andrew Kinsey. Your cell phone will sound an alarm today. The federal government is planning a nationwide test of the emergency alert system Wednesday afternoon. It'll be similar to the sound of an Amber Alert. You should also get a text message. In addition to your phone, the test will also be played on TV and radio. Also, silencing your phone will not stop that alert from sounding. I'm Tracy Townsend. Finley Municipal Court says after much consideration, it's decided to change its hours of operation. You can see the new hours with this story on our website. Two hearing time changes have also taken place. Small claims court will begin at 4.45 p.m. on Tuesdays, and jail hearings have moved to 2 p.m. Again, you can get more details in the story on our website. Bluffton ghosts will be the topic of the next brown bag lecture at the Hancock Historical Museum. Bluffton author and historian Fred Steiner will talk about his new book, Where Bluffton's Ghosts Sleep. The 196-page book includes what Steiner says is every unexpected and cryptic Bluffton epic ever imagined. The lecture is free for members of the Hancock Historical Museum and $3 for non-members. Get more details on the lecture and the story on our website. Don't forget, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Financial advisors and retirement experts have long sounded the alarm that Americans, by and large, are not saving enough. We're relying too much on a social security system that is on increasingly shaky ground and was never even designed to be more than just a safety net. Well, a new survey from AARP finds that the vast majority of Ohio's small business owners want more done to support workers in saving for retirement. And so AARP is proposing a public-private partnership to accomplish that goal. Amy Malam is AARP Ohio's Associate State Director of Outreach and Advocacy. Amy, so I want to get into what that kind of public-private partnership would look like in just a moment, but it's interesting that you find this overwhelming number of small business owners in favor of helping support workers' retirement savings because it is small businesses that are among the least likely to be able to afford to have things like 401k and profit-sharing programs. 
Absolutely. So earlier this summer, AARP commissioned a survey to better understand the needs of Ohio's small business owners when it comes to offering retirement savings options. And as you mentioned, we did find, again, that the vast majority of Ohio's small business owners surveyed, 92% do think that more needs to be done to encourage Ohio residents to save for retirement. And of course, as we know, uh, most jobs actually are created by these small businesses. And, and then beyond that, we also know that a record number of people these days are uh, working for themselves, entrepreneurs, sole proprietors and such. And obviously, uh, they don't have access to those programs uh, either. So this idea of a public-private partnership, what would that look like? Sure. So um, as we asked our um, small business owners in the survey um, this summer, we asked them about whether they would support um, a state-facilitated, privately-managed ready-to-go option that would be run similar to a state college 529 savings plan. And we found through our survey that um, 76% of Ohio small business owners would support such a private, a public-private retirement savings option um, and that that would help small businesses offer employees a way to save for retirement. And I think importantly, too, um, from our survey, we found that most small business owners in Ohio, 79%, agree that being able to offer a voluntary portable retirement savings option would help local small businesses attract and retain quality employees and help them stay competitive. So I can hear some people asking why the state needs to get involved. I mean, there are plenty of financial planners and investment professionals out there who help individuals of modest means. I would imagine there are some who would say this is something that the government really shouldn't be getting their hands into. Um, well, it's interesting because while those types of um, options exist in the private market, we know that the best way to have um, individuals save for retirement is when they can do so through their regular paycheck at work. And so what we are looking towards is a type of public-private um, retirement savings option that would allow employers to simply facilitate the ability for employees to send in retirement um, savings as much or as little as they want to save for retirement through their regular paycheck at work. Um, because the studies show that um, folks are just much more likely to be able to save when it is when it is through their regular paycheck and it's easier for them. Yeah, uh, making it convenient. I get that. Um, and as you were mentioning earlier, and I want to go back and underscore this, you're talking about state-facilitated, privately managed. And the, that term state-facilitated is key because, again, I can hear some folks ask what would be the cost. I, I have visions of this being a huge burden on tax payers, Medicaid, for example, makes up something like 37% of uh, Ohio's state budget. This it would not be the same as something like that type of a program. Correct. This would be um, minimal cost. And in fact, this would have um, vast savings to the state of Ohio in terms of helping um, people be more prepared to support themselves in retirement and less reliant upon um, public assistance programs. Such so this as would Medicaid. actually be very, very beneficial for the state budget um, to have an ability to help people help themselves save more for retirement. So it could actually have the opposite effect uh, on the state budget. What are, what are the ramifications? Correct. What are the ramifications of continuing on the current path? Um, the ramifications of continuing on the current path is that we are going to be barreling towards the retirement crisis that 
we are in and is only going to get worse. I mean, we know that financial insecurity, um, you know, the risk of financial insecurity is on the rise. And we know, um, you know, across the nation, um, nearly 60% of households have no retirement assets. And so um, we also know currently that um, there's a lack of access to a way to save for retirement at work right now. Currently, 42% of Ohio's private sector workers don't have a way to save for retirement out of their regular paycheck. And so we know that um, that Americans and Ohioans in particular were not saving enough and so that we need to change the direction that we're on and provide more opportunities for people to have an easy way to save. You compared this uh, earlier to the uh, college uh, 529 savings plan that many people may be familiar with. And in fact, Ohio's uh, college savings 529 plan is uh, among the best of all of the states. This would be similar to that. And you say this actually is something that is already a reality in some states? Correct. Correct. Similar retirement savings partnerships are already up and running in 19 other states with over 839 million assets under management. And so, um, you know, this is a concept where across the nation, um, we're seeing a movement towards um, providing more options for um, employees to save for retirement. And again, you know, at no cost to employers, an option for yeah. employees to save for retirement, you know, through their regular paycheck. So not a novel idea by any stretch. What is the likelihood of this actually coming to pass in the state of Ohio? I mean, is there a bill? Is there, I mean, is this on the radar of lawmakers? What's the status? Sure, that's a great question. So um, there's not currently a bill. What AARP is doing currently is we are advocating for the formation of a task force of stakeholders so that we can design the option that's right for Ohio. Again, as you noted, you know, there's not, this is not a novel concept in terms of there are 19 other states who have adopted some type of program, um, some type of option here. But we want to make sure that we talk to the right stakeholders and that we have an option that works best for Ohio. So that is what we are advocating for, um, the formation of a task task force of stakeholders so that we can develop the right option for Ohio. Again, Amy Millam is AARP Ohio's Associate State Director of Outreach and Advocacy. Where can we learn more about your work in this space? Yes, thank you for asking. So for more information on AARP's recent small business survey, I would invite you to please visit aarp.org slash saves survey. Again, aarp.org slash saves survey. Amy, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Sarah Sisser is here from the Hancock Historical Museum. A very busy October is uh, coming up this after uh, Oktoberfest. Busy September. Oktoberfest. And now uh, the actual month of October is going to be very busy. So let's uh, kind of take things in chronological order, I guess. Okay. Uh, first of all, tomorrow you've got uh, another brown bag lunch uh, lecture. Right. Our monthly brown bag lectures um, are just $3 if you're not a member of the museum. They are free if you are a mu- museum member. Always an interesting topic. Tomorrow we have with us Fred Steiner, who many people will know from Bluffton. He's a Bluffton-based 
uh, now author. Mm-hmm. And um, I think this is his fifth book that he'll be talking with us about tomorrow. He's going to sort of um, unveil some of the ghost stories and mysterious history of the Bluffton area. So yeah. good a good theme for this month. It'll be interesting. Every every community has their uh, historian, and Fred is Bluffton's. And, <laughs> Fred has uh, emerged as Bluffton's, yeah. He has some absolutely incredible stories about the uh, village of Bluffton. So. He does, and he's an engaging speaker. I hope people will come out um, and enjoy his, his talk, and then you can also purchase his book as well. All right. Uh, so again, noon tomorrow uh, for that. And uh, then let's see here. We've got the uh, Historic Homes Tour coming up That's right. Up That's this coming weekend. up this weekend. So both Saturday and Sunday. Saturday is our VIP preview event. Um, And so for that event, you have uh, more limited attendance. You get a special look at these homes. Um, And then at the end of the preview event, we're going to have sort of a soiree at the Jones Mansion uh, with live music, heavy appetizers from the bistro, um, and a a full bar. And um, should be a a lovely evening, a little bit chillier evening, but still a lovely evening. Um, We have a wonderful selection of homes this year on the tour. And so we do still have a few Saturday evening tickets available. If you want to purchase those, you need to do so in advance by either our website, HancockHistoricalMuseum.org, or come into the museum and pick those up. Um, And then Sunday is the larger tour itself. You can start at any of the five homes that we have on the tour this year, proceed in any order. Uh, Again, those tickets are available at HancockHistoricalMuseum.org. Uh, or at the museum in person. If you purchase them pre-sale, you get a little bit of a discount. They're $15. If you wait until Sunday to purchase them, they will be available only at the museum on Sunday, beginning at 10 a.m., and then they'll be $20. Okay. Um, And just an FYI to anybody who's purchasing them online, you do still need the physical ticket, so make sure you stop by and pick those up at the museum, which you can do on Sunday morning starting at 10 a.m. Okay. Um, So, again, uh, and just to make sure that we uh, clarified, the Saturday event uh, is limited. There are only so many tickets that are available and they're almost gone that's correct yep we just have a few left yeah sunday though it's uh it's open that's correct yeah yep and we usually get attendance of at least 600 for the tour so um should be another great event and again an, an awesome opportunity to see some of these homes this year's theme from finley's oldest to grandest and we do have some of the oldest homes still standing uh, in the city. Yeah, uh, we are blessed to have so many historic homes uh, and and who hasn't, you know, driven by or walked by some of these homes and and said, wow, I wonder what the stories are. And that's really kind of the cool thing is that not only do you get to tour the homes, but uh, you hear the stories that go along. Absolutely. And in some instances, we do have some archives um, and artifacts from the families and the people that built these homes mm-hmm. in in the collections at the museum. And so we're able to display some of those, but yes, a wonderful opportunity to learn more about our local history through this architecture. Yeah. Uh, So that is happening this weekend. And uh, then what is up next? We've got uh, another uh, movie night, right? We do. We have a movie night. Even before movie night, we have our annual spooktacular spooktacular event, which is very much geared towards our kids, families. Um, That is October 21st from five to eight that annual event is always sponsored generously by many of our local dentists because it is a candy-free event, um, but that does not mean we're not having a lot of fun. We get great attendance for that, and it is just $1 a person to attend that event, um, and we have every building open on the campus. We have so many activities for the kids. 
um, just a great opportunity to enjoy the museum if you haven't been in a while or if you've never been for just one dollar you get the full campus and a lot of a lot of great activities as well and refreshments all decked out for Halloween absolutely all decked out um, right now joy our curator and archivist is busy decorating the historic hall house um, the haunted hall house as we'll call it for this season and there are some stories I know we've talked about this before <laughs> we there do have are a few. some stories yes uh, and about the we are constantly approached by paranormal investigators to do more investigations of the Hall House, but we've had a few um, and they do frequently get activity in the attic. So all of us who have been at the museum for a while have our own stories about that. But I think if we have spirits, I always say they're very benevolent. They're happy that we're there. So <laughs> I think they're content. But yeah, you have a story. I, I do have a couple of stories. Um, I am in my office frequently late at night. And um, I don't do that so much anymore because I've had a couple of occurrences that have <laughs> made the hair stand up. And yeah. so, um, yes, I've had a okay. few stories and we have a suspicious elevator that likes to go up and down on its own. So. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, the, uh, the spooktacular is great for uh, all ages and a lot of fun. It is not too scary for the young ones. And we also have new a new children's book that's given um, at the door to uh, each family that, that comes. And uh, you mentioned uh, activities and, and so on that uh, are part yeah, of that too. lots of great activities, Halloween and themed. But of course, Deb Wickerham, my education coordinator, a retired science teacher, they all typically have a science education theme to them as there well. So lots of fun. Okay. Uh, and then uh, we've got a uh, classic movie night. We do another October. classic movie night this, uh, this month, October 27th. So if you've not been to classic movie night before, a great date night, a great way to spend the evening. I'm always free and open to the public. Uh, we do a little bit of context beforehand, a little, a short little history lesson, give you some more um, information about the film itself. You can stick around afterwards if you want to have a discussion with the rest of the group. Um, but October 27th at 7 p.m., we'll have Shadow of a Doubt, so a 1940s era film. Okay, uh, so those are the uh, events on the calendar for the uh, month of October. The big one, of course, the Historic Homes Tour coming up this, this weekend. weekend. And uh, do any of those uh, uh, homes have uh, spooky stories connected to them, too? Or? Oh, goodness. So not any that are coming to mind right off the bat. But, you okay. know, some of those homes being the oldest in town, my goodness, they have to have some you would <laughs> unique think. instances you associated with them. Yeah. Almost 200 years old for a couple of them. Wow. Yeah. That is uh, that is amazing. Almost 200 years old. I didn't realize that. I mean, I know a lot of historic homes, you know, around the century yes. mark. but Early. 1830s for wow. the oldest that we have on the tour this mm. year. Uh, again, we've got a link up, as always, at our webpage for uh, more information from the Hancock Historical Museum website. And once again, uh, Sarah Sisser with us this morning. Sarah, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Police in Glen Burnie, Maryland say a man shot at what he thought was an intruder, but instead flooded his own apartment. Um, this is the story. Uh, police say uh, the man, um, Sean Joseph Keenan, uh, from uh, Pasadena, Maryland, um, he shot at his bedroom door thinking an intruder had broken in. Apparently, he heard some sort of strange noise, 
thought that there was an intruder coming down the hall, uh, so he sh- he shot at his bedroom door. Um, <laughs> there was no intruder, but the man managed to shoot a water pipe that then flooded his own apartment. <laughs> Uh, police confiscated the handgun and placed uh, Mr. Keenan under arrest because it says he was prohibited from possessing a gun. It doesn't say why he was prohibited from possessing a gun. I don't know if he'd been convicted of a crime or, you know, some other uh, disqualifying uh, situation. But uh, I would say if you shoot at your... (laughs) bedroom door sight unseen at a a, uh, mysterious intruder that isn't there you end up (laughs) you end up shooting a water pipe and uh, flooding your apartment yeah there's probably probably cause for saying you probably shouldn't own a gun (laughs) oops all right uh elsewhere in the uh, broken news uh, this morning This is a rather quirky twist of events. In uh, Glens Falls, New York, the fire department recently received a call that ultimately left firefighters both amused and impressed responding to a reported structure fire uh, in the uh, city of Glens Falls, upstate New York. This happened this past Saturday. They arrived on the location of the call to find not a blazing inferno as expected, but an astonishingly realistic Halloween decoration video shared by the homeowner showcased the elaborate setup, which transformed the house into what seemed like a crime scene engulfed in flames. The illusion, the effect was achieved through a clever combination of led lights, a box fan a silver sheet, and a fog machine. (laughs) The owner of the home uh, posted online, Tonight, crews were dispatched to the area of Sanford Street for a report of a structure fire. To our surprise, say the uh, firefighters, this was an amazing Halloween decoration. Uh, The fire department uh, responding to the video said, Thank you to the gracious owner for permission For uh, posting the video, the display will be up Friday and Saturday nights for the public's entertainment until the end of the month. Here's the only thing about that. I mean, it's really cool. If you've seen the video, it it really is cool. But what happens if the man's house actually does catch on fire? (laughs) You know, you better make sure that you are being safe because if it actually does turn out to be a fire... The fire department is not going to respond thinking, oh, it's just the uh, Halloween decoration. <laughs> no, it's actually on fire. No, but that is, uh, it is pretty amazing. Got to be careful with things like that. If you're doing a Halloween decoration like that, probably let local authorities know uh, just in case they get a call to come rushing to the scene. On the uh, other side of the country in Palmdale, California, Uh, something, a little uh, extra excitement at the local convenience store. An expectant woman was driving her car on Monday when she decided to, that she needed gas. She pulled into a a gas station and just at that moment, she she went into labor. L.A. County Fire 
and rescue paramedics got to the scene just in time to help the woman deliver her baby right there at the convenience store. Mom and child doing just fine. They were transported to Antelope Valley Hospital, and uh, they uh, no complications whatsoever. But it's fine. But a uh, little bit of excitement there at the uh, Arco gas station in uh, Palmdale. A uh, couple of other items in the uh, broken news this morning. You know the uh, story of Todd and Julie Chrisley, you know, the former reality TV stars who were convicted of fraud? Uh, they are in federal prison, and apparently <laughs> they have taken to teaching, uh, teaching financial classes to reduce their sentences. The uh, couple's daughter tells USA Today that uh, her parents are uh, teaching finance classes, which uh, she, she admits is rather ironic since they were convicted of uh, financial fraud. The couple portrayed themselves as real estate tycoons on their uh, TV shows, but were convicted earlier this year of tax evasion and defrauding community banks out of more than $30 million in uh, fraudulent loans. So interesting that they would be uh, tapped to teach financial education classes to convicts in prison. Um, but the prison education program, it says, is part of the First Step Act, which Congress passed and former President Donald Trump signed in 2018. <laughs> I, I'd be monitoring those classes very closely. You know what I mean? Yeah, monitor that very, very closely. What exactly are they teaching them? And, um, now, this is kind of interesting. A uh, lawsuit has been filed against Walt Disney Parks and Resorts by Emma McGinnis. Uh, for a uh, serious wedgie. That's that's her claim, an injurious wedgie. Ms. McGinnis uh, was visiting Walt Disney World Resort in Florida in 2019. She claims uh, she was uh, riding the steep slide at the Typhoon Lagoon and claims that uh, she suffered severe bodily injury when uh, the water forced her one-piece suit into... Her body, let's just put it that way, forced (laughs) into her body as she went down the slide. The incident, Ms. McGinnis claims, caused immediate and severe pain internally. She also claims to have uh, severe lacerations and permanent bodily injury (laughs) to her private parts. As a result, the suit is seeking damages exceeding $50,000. That is a very unique injury. I will have to give you that. I <clears throat> A serious wedgie. That lawsuit. Maybe the first wedgie lawsuit that I think I've ever heard of. And finally, in the broken news this morning, a Wisconsin woman by the name of Michelle Miller faces charges of drunken driving after video footage captured her shortly after causing a crash, chugging a canned cocktail from a nearby gas station cooler as police arrived on the scene. The video, uh, which was captured by one of the crash victims, 
revealed Ms. Uh, Miller's brazen act of grabbing the beverage, prompting the uh, victim to question her motives. According to uh, local news reports, Waukesha, uh, Wisconsin police swiftly responded to the collision involving uh, Ms. Miller's truck colliding with an SUV and triggering a chain reaction involving four vehicles. Thankfully, no serious injuries. As authorities arrived, Ms. Miller was captured on video consuming the cocktail near the gas pumps. By the way, it was not paid for, so she's guilty of stealing the the cocktail. Um, she, After uh, chugging the cocktail, she subsequently collapsed on a patch of grass, sustaining minor injuries, and was placed under arrest. <laughs> she... She now faces charges of driving under the influence and retail theft for taking the uh, cocktail without payment. <laughs> so she's in all kinds of, of, tr- of trouble. Um, to be fair, you cause a chain reaction uh, accident like that, uh, you might need a drink. But it's probably best to wait until after the whole thing has been sorted out. <laughs> That's a bad day right there. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Some of the uh, most interesting and uh, unusual stories. Today's broken news report. And with that, we now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. When local news breaks, you can hear about it on social media at lightning speed. And while getting you the information fast is important, WFIN will always present the story only after verifying with actual sourced facts. This is WFIN News Director Matt Demchek. Trust the voice that's been covering the news in Finley and Hancock County for more than 80 years. You can depend on us to get the story right every time on social media, 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com, and at 95.5 FM. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. We're coming up on Halloween, talking about uh, Halloween and all things, old spooky things uh, this morning on the uh, program. And, you know, there are some places in America that are spookier than others. Um, According to the latest data from Vivint, they... Uh, did a, a survey, less a survey, more than a uh, research project where they studied the data uh, looking at ghost sightings, at haunted house attractions, um, number of uh, reports of paranormal activity, all of these things. And they crunched the numbers and they came up with a list of the spookiest cities in America. The spookiest cities in America. Now, I was really surprised by some of the cities that made the list, especially the one right at the top of the list. Because if I'm thinking of spookiest cities, I'm thinking of maybe New Orleans. You know, that's kind of that's a spooky vibe going on. Uh, maybe Salem, Massachusetts, with their history, the Salem witch trials, and, and so on. But no! The number one spookiest city, according to all of the data metrics that they used, Estes Park, Colorado. <laughs> Estes Park, Colorado, uh, the nation's number one spookiest city. Um, going a little further into the data here, Austin and Houston, two cities in Texas, report the most ghost sightings. Roanoke, Virginia, 
uh, takes uh, fifth place uh, overall, which actually, you know, some of the stories, old Virginia can see that. Uh, let's see here. The There are two Ohio cities in the top 50 of the spookiest cities in the country. Columbus was number 34 and Mansfield at number 39. Now, again, Mansfield did not surprise me at all. You know, the uh, reformatory, the old reformatory and all of the uh, stories. Uh, it's just very spooky place just by its gothic nature. But then, of course, all of the the ghosts and everything. But, uh, yeah, uh, Columbus was number 34, Mansfield number 39, only Ohio cities in the uh, top 50. If, on the other hand, you are not uh, into all of the spookiest stuff, the bottom of the list, New York City, Washington, D.C., which I thought was kind of interesting, and Pine Barrens, New Jersey, (laughs) of all places. Uh, Now, in, in terms of the spookiest states, Overall, California is the spookiest state. Um, And again, using all of these uh, same metrics, California, the spookiest state overall. Um, Ohio is number five on the list of spookiest states and number three in the number of ghost sightings. With respect to that, 10% of those who were asked say that they have seen something that they can't explain on a security camera in their home over the uh, past year. Everybody these days has security cameras. Uh, and one in ten of us have seen something that we can't explain. Is it something paranormal? Maybe a ghost sighting? You know, whatever. One in ten of us claim to have seen something that we can't explain on a security camera. Uh, and this I thought was kind of interesting, and this would not be me. But 44% of Americans who say that they are planning to move this year would be interested in buying a haunted house. Really? 44% would be interested in buying a haunted house. Uh, I, I don't know who those people are, <laughs> but that is, that is not me. No thank you. So while we're on the subject of Halloween today, obviously it is a holiday full of spooky fun for kids and adults, but there are some dangers lurking for your pets this time of year. Natalie Reffitt is here from the uh, Hancock County Humane Society. Who did you bring with you uh, today? Good morning. I I brought Brindy. Brindy. And Brindy is not available for adoption yet. She's too young, but she will be available soon. Yeah, because she's how how old? She's probably like two months or yeah, so. So she's she, really young. She, yeah, she's a little baby, and um, with baby comes lots of puppy energy. Yes, and a curiosity. Yes, yes, a bundle of energy. So she will need supervised at all times, <laughs> and not even don't even leave the room for a minute and expect <laughs> it to come back the same. And and you can say that from experience yes, at I the can. Humane Society. Definitely say that from experience. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, on the way here, she gave me a new hairstyle. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, wow, I just have to take it because I'm driving. So I would highly recommend using a crate or a carrier. Yeah. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, that's not a hair chewing. I'm like, that's not your toy. 
So yeah, she was definitely into everything. Yeah, definitely like, one of those chewer puppies. Oh yes, you know, puppies yes. can be chewers. And, and she's uh, looks like uh, some lab there. She's There's... well, we know her mom's a pit bull mix. Okay. Um, and it, she could her mom could definitely be mixed with lab. Okay. We're not really sure, but so she, so Brindy is a pit bull mix. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, but she is absolutely adorable. She is. She's brindle, and then she's got white tips on her paws and a little bit of white on her chest. Yeah. I, I can envision this. And when we say that Halloween is can be a dangerous time for pets, I, I would think she would be a perfect example. Exactly. You are <laughs> exactly that. right, Chris, because, again... She can get into anything. Yeah. So let's say that she was available for adoption by the time you adopted her and it's Halloween Mm -hmm. and you leave candy out. She will eat candy. She'll be gone. It will be Be wrappers and all. And and so many, we always hear about uh, chocolate obviously is a no-no for dogs, but hard candy can be, I mean, can get lodged in the throat. That can be dangerous. It can definitely get lodged in the throat. And if it's in the wrapper, like... If it's, let's say that you have a decorated fun and like have strings on it, mm-hmm. that string can get wrapped around in their stomach and they're going to have to have a surgery. Yeah. Same with costumes. Like if you have a costume like with a long string and they get into that and mm-hmm. they ingest it. And the, and the same with decorations. Halloween decorations yes, um, can be really dangerous. Uh, they can get uh, in those. I, I know like the fake. Uh, spider webs and cobwebs oh, yes, and stuff yes, can yes. be dangerous. It and, is dangerous because if they ingest it, it can get wrapped around in their stomach. Yeah. They'll have to have surgery. Another thing to watch out for is if you are having trick-or-treaters, I would put your dog and cats away in mm-hmm. a separate room because a lots of strangers coming to the door, it's going to stress them out. Yeah. And if the strangers are dressed up that's going to right. stress them out even more. Yeah, dogs don't uh, yeah. understand that and uh it, it I would imagine, and this is this is something I can imagine our dog uh, would be nervous uh, or unsure maybe the first couple of times. After that, then she'd want to dart out the door to <laughs> right. see everybody, yes. which, again, can uh, cause problems. Yes, so. yes, exactly. Because if someone out there with the costume sees your dog and they're trying to help, it could your dog could run right. further or potentially bite because... He or she is scared. <laughs> so it's just best to keep them yeah. safe and secure away often, from. Off in another room. Yeah. Um, a couple of things uh, that you actually have coming up that I want to mention. Uh, one of which is uh, later this month, the uh, Tricks, Treats, and Tails yes. uh, is a uh, dog uh, trick-or-treat event. It is event. a dog-friendly trick-or-treat. So it is trick-or-treat specifically for dogs. Okay. So your dog does have to be on a leash. It has to be controlled. And if you have a female dog in heat, we ask you not to bring her. But different businesses, so far about 15 to 20 businesses are participating downtown. Okay. Check-in is at Finley Brewing Company. And you can purchase the ticket online at www.hancockhumanesociety.com. Tickets are $30. And then you can go to different stations and different businesses have treats for your dog. Uh, Brindy's got one of her uh, energetic moments uh, (laughs) here. Um, And... I was going to ask with that because some some animals uh, seem to be more receptive to costumes yes. than others. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know? I have two pets, Chris. My dog, he doesn't care. I can dress him up. And my cat is like, please don't. <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, 
you gotta gotta be cognizant of that yeah. because you know animals are you know have their own personalities. Some are more attuned to that than others, right? So, and if your pet seems, if your dog seems receptive to it, I would. What I would do is like put the costume on for a little bit, only like a few minutes, and mm-hmm. then take it off and give him a treat. That way, he or she knows that you know what, it's okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so you can kind of a. Uh, uh, Get them acclimated yeah. to that, yeah. So, uh, tricks, treats, and tales—that is coming up on October the twenty-first. Uh, do folks need tickets in advance for that, or um, can you get them that day? You can, if you get them in advance, that would be great. Um, we're not sure if we're selling them same day yet. Or okay, not. all right. So, uh, in advance, there's uh, information on the uh, website which we have linked up uh, at our webpage. And again, the twenty-first. Uh, that's uh, what a Saturday. So. That is a Saturday. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's during the day too. So that's a, another yeah. thing. That's a, that's the other thing with uh, typical trick or treat Halloween activities. Sometimes they happen at, at night when it's dark. Yeah, and so that can uh, cause issues with the uh, pets too. We talk about uh, Halloween. You do have an event coming up tomorrow, and it's one that we have uh, talked about. Uh, I think maybe the last time or last couple of times we had you here um, that was actually postponed. It's the uh, uh, Wags, Wags and Walks, walks yes, with the Mayor. Move with the Mayor. Mm-hmm. So that is happening tomorrow from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. at Emory Adams. We are going to start off at the shelter house next to the <laughs> playground. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, as long as weather permitting. Yes, so hopefully, hopefully weather cooperates. Yes. But, yeah, that's just a fun way to get uh, to get out in the city and walk the pets. We will have some shelter pets there. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to bring your dog and if you do want to walk around, we will have shelter pets. There. Will uh, Brindy be there? I don't know. <laughs> she is absolutely adorable. When she goes, it's not going to take her long to find a new oh, home no. when she goes uh, off. Of, I have heard, speaking of Halloween, I have heard that uh, animal shelters will not adopt out cats, specifically black cats, at Halloween time. True or is that an urban legend? That's. From shelter to shelter, it varies. Mm-hmm. But with all the research we've done, studies don't actually show that if someone's adopting a black cat, they they have ill intent. Mm-hmm. They have to go through all the same vetting right. as they would if they adopted a cat any other time. Yeah. So it's not necessary. Yeah. Uh, interesting uh, stuff there. But again, you know, keep an eye yeah. out on your cats. Yes, definitely do because there was an incident um, in town where someone did. It does Something, happen. Yeah, not good, but it was with an orange cap. But anyway, just it, be it aware. Yeah. Uh, just things to keep in mind, again, with uh, Halloween coming up uh, involving your pets. want to make sure that they stay safe and healthy and happy. And again, uh, Natalie Refford for the uh, Hancock History... Er, Hancock Historical <laughs> Museum. That was early. Uh, Hancock Humane Society with us. Hancock Humane Society with us uh, this morning. Again, link up on our webpage for more information about all the events that are uh, coming up. Natalie, thanks very thank much for dropping you. by. We appreciate it. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of us for joining us on the program this morning. And, of course, remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. You can also connect with us on social media, sign up for our daily email newsletter, and lots more. Head on over to goodmornings.net. Check us out online. Until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.